Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. And uh, tonight I want to talk about you are not alone. You are not alone. There are many people because of the pandemic that we're dealing with and we've been dealing with it now. Oh, my, I guess going on close to a year or so. Uh, Someone said uh, it'll be a year in March. And in the midst of this, uh, this test, this trial that is trying our faith, there are so many people who are who are battling this emotion of feeling alone. Um, And I want you to know tonight that just because you're in an apartment and it looks like nobody is there but you, I want you to know that there is somebody else in the room. And if you have been listening to a voice that is telling you nobody cares and Nobody checks on me and nobody know how I'm doing and and I'm feeling all of these mixed emotions. I want you to know tonight that there is somebody who cares and not only does he cares, but he's there. He not only cares, but he is there. The Webster Dictionary defines uh, alone. Listen to this. It says that. Alone means without aid or support. To be alone is to be in a place where you have no aid, you have no support. It says alone, to be isolated from others, to be isolated from others. And we've been given a decree from Washington and uh, federal government, state government, about uh, staying to ourselves and only staying in small groups and staying six feet away from from everybody. And even if you do come in contact to put your mask on and all of these things could add to the feeling of feeling isolated. And then you go to work and you're somewhat isolated or semi-isolated from your co-workers. And then you go home to a home that Physically looks as though no one is there but you and the enemy would try to have a heyday with your mind that you are alone and that nobody cares and nobody's thinking about you. But I want you to know that the devil is a lie and the word of God is true. You are not alone. Uh, It says alone to be isolated from others to feel lonely. And so tonight, if you have been feeling lonely or alone, I believe with the help of God, we're going to take the word of God and literally eradicate that from your spirit, eradicate that from your soul, eradicate that from your thinking, because you are not alone. Even when you think you're alone, you're not alone because there is one who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will always be with you. Can the church say amen? Now, this is Bible study. This is midweek service. Let's learn some things. Let's go to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. 
let's deal with this thing about alone and that we're not alone as people of God. Are you in John chapter 14? Let's look together at verse number 16. John 14 verse 16. Look what it says. And I will pray, this is Jesus talking. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Look at verse 17. The spirit of truth, look at this, whom the world cannot receive, whom the world cannot receive. Why? Because it neither see him nor know him, but you know him. Good God of mercy. Thank God I know him. Not only do we know him, but he dwells within us. And the Bible says, and he will always be with you. Can somebody say amen to this truth? This is a unique fact of this age in which we are living because of the day of Pentecost, we are able to declare this word today as truth in our lives. He can now, because of the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit can now dwell in us. Are you listening to me? The Holy Spirit was here before he got into the 120 in the upper room. But because of that Pentecostal experience, Amen. We today, under this dispensation of grace, we can declare that the Spirit of God, He's not only everywhere, but He's in us. He's in me. Glory to God. Because of this Pentecostal experience that happened many, many years ago. Uh, Look at this. He can now not only dwell in the believer, but notice the Bible says that He's holy and spirit. Notice this person, notice I call him a person and not a it. He's not a it. He's a person. And he's he's holy. Good God of mercy. This person is holy and he is a spirit. Holy and spirit. Notice this. Holy and spirit, it describes him. But comforter is his name. Comforter is his name. Somebody say comforter is his name. Comforter. Notice come. Come means alongside of. So this this helper, he comes alongside of us. Are you listening to me? Notice it's comforter. So come means alongside side of. Forter means strong. So this come alongside help is strong. This come along help is strong and mighty. And not only is he a come along help and he's mighty and strong, but he's in us. And if he is mighty and strong and he is in us, then we are strong and mighty. And so now we can declare under this dispensation of grace that greater is he that is in me. Let the weak say that they are strong. Why? Because the greater one is on the inside of us. Somebody ought to get happy. Now notice again 
in verse number 17. Because everybody can't get excited over this because everybody don't know him and 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 everybody hasn't received him. But the believer knows him and the believer has received him. Are you listening to? So you're no longer weak. The ability of God is on the inside of you. Notice in verse number 17. Are you there with me? 14 verse 17. The spirit of truth. Notice it's capitalized, meaning the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Whom the world cannot receive. Notice it does not say that the world would not receive. It did not say that the world would not receive him. It says that the world cannot receive him. Good God of mercy. Hallelujah. Because you can't have him until this magnitude, until this, this measure, until you first get Jesus Christ and declare that he's the Savior and Lord of your life. That is the prerequisite into being filled with the Spirit. And because the world is lost and going the wrong direction, the Bible says that they cannot receive him. But we can receive him. And I declare tonight, if you don't know Jesus, if you make him your savior and Lord of your life, you can receive this great mighty helper, this great mighty comforter, this great mighty paraclete, this great mighty standby. You can receive him. And while the world is feeling all of these mixed emotions, the spirit of God that you will allow to come in and fill you to overflow, he will stabilize you and cause you to walk in victory where defeat is all around you. Because the greater one is on the inside. I didn't preach myself happy already. This is one of the distinctions or distinctive features of this dispensation that we live in, this dispensation of grace. I want them to put up my first nugget. I should have done that perhaps early, but I think this this will work. Ready? Let's read together. Number one, the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. The Holy, I can't hear you. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer. I can't hear you at home. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer. I have to keep saying that because you have to recognize that. And if the church ever really get a revelation that the Holy Spirit of God dwells in us, we'll no longer walk around in the muddy grubs and feel discouraged and hopeless. Why? Because we acknowledge that the Spirit of God is on the inside of us. And He's not there to sleep. He's not there to ignore us. He's there to help us. To go and walk in victory in every area of our lives. The Holy Spirit indwells the believer. If you are a child of God tonight, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. Not the outside. He's on the inside of you. Ooh, Jesus. Give me nugget number two, please. The Holy Spirit is the Christian's guide. He leads us. The Bible says that we trust in the Lord and we lean not to our own understanding, but in all our ways we acknowledge him. And he, he who, he the Holy Ghost, he leads us and he guides us in the direction that the Father would have us to go. To bring glory and honor and lift up the name of Jesus that the Father, amen, might be glorified. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. 
But how can he help us if we don't acknowledge that he's here? Oh, Holy Spirit, forgive us out of our ignorance of not acknowledging you and allowing you to do for us what the head of the church has ordained for you to do for us. And what Jesus, the head of the church, has ordained for the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, is to indwell us, to fill us with himself, to overflow, that will make us bold as a lion to go out into a dying world and be a witness for Jesus. Lay hands on the sick, open blinded eyes, raise the dead, work miracles, signs, and wonders to the glory of God, and you'll get the attention of the world and your family. Can somebody say amen? amen. Nugget number three, please. This is a rather lengthy one, but here we go. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit has come to display almighty power so that the weak may be made strong. The Holy Spirit has been given to the church so that the weak, weak in and of ourselves, weak in our own abilities, weak in what we can do, but because he comes in and indwells us and releases his power through us, we're no longer weak, but we're strong and mighty by the power of the Spirit. It's not by power. It's not by might, but it is by the Holy Ghost. Glory to God that we shall live and not die. Is this good? I said, is this good? Look at nugget number four. Nugget number four. God doesn't live in a building made with hands. People are, you know, all nervous and hands getting sweaty about, you know, what is the church going to do? The church of the living God is going to do what is always done. This building is not the church. This is just a place that allow us to assemble together. But since we're not been able to assemble together, we, we've done like the, the children of God of old. We've had to spread out. We've had to go places. We've had to do things. We had to become innovative in how to touch people, perhaps that we never would have touched. Put up the nugget again, please. Put up nugget number four again. God doesn't live in a building made with hands. People get all discombobulated and, and offended and mad. Now, certainly we should exercise a certain measure of reverence for the house, amen, that we come together in. But God doesn't live in a building. Oh, Jesus. God does not live in a building made with hands. Give me nugget number five. He lives and dwell in us through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Jesus. If we can just get that revelation that when the church doors are closed, God's not closed. Are you listening to me? When we turn the lights out and turn everything off, God doesn't turn off and wait for us to come back here in, in this, this place before he turns the switch back on. No, if God has turned a switch on on the inside of you, it stays on. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Maybe your problem, you have never allowed God to turn the switch on. 
Is this good? Now, let's back up here again. Go to John chapter 14 again. John chapter 14. And I want to look at something that I pray will help you. You're not alone. Come on, say that with me. I am not alone. alone. (laughs) Somebody need to say that again. I am not alone. The devil has just been browbeating you, sitting there in your apartment, sitting in your house, sitting somewhere, and you look around and it looks like you're the only one who's there, and the devil just jumps on you and just have his way with you. But tonight, we're going to cancel his assignment because you're coming into the revelation and the knowledge of knowing that wherever you are, you're not alone. You're not alone. And hear me today. You can be in a room full of people and entertain uh, uh, the thoughts of being alone. Just because you got a lot of folk around you doesn't necessarily mean that you feel like you're with somebody. But I want you to know tonight that there's somebody who's with you who will never leave you. Wherever you go, he's there. There's no door you can lock that'll keep him out. When you go into the room, he goes in with you. Good God of mercy. When you lay down at night, he lay down with you. When you get up in the morning, he get up in the morning with you. When you go in the courtroom, he's there. If you have to go to the hospital, he's there. If you go to the mountain, he's there. If you go to the valley, he's there. If you have to face your Goliath, he's there. Wherever you go, God is there. You're not alone. Come on, say it again. I am not alone. Hallelujah to Jesus. That's good news. Are you in John chapter 14? Look at verse 26. That's it. Verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the helper, but the what? But the helper, the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. The Bible says, That the Holy Spirit is a helper. Hmm. So that means the Holy Spirit doesn't allow you to do it by yourself. Uh, I need need this chair. Uh, Would would you bring, bring that chair? Would you help me? Would you help me bring that chair? Would you help me bring that chair? Would you help me bring it? Bring it here. Would you help me bring it here? What's what's the problem? I want the chair. Would you help me bring the chair? Oh, so if you need a chair, the Holy Ghost is not going to bring the chair. He's going to help you bring it. Okay. Would you help me? Okay. So the Holy Spirit will come alongside with me and help me. Do you, do, you, do you see that? Thank you so much. So the Holy Spirit won't do the work for you. He will help you do the work. Oh, Jesus. Now, here, here's the good news. I only need him. Mm. When there's something I need to do that I cannot do by myself. If I can do it myself, I don't need help. I don't need help. I'm lazy. 
So the Holy Spirit doesn't help you do what you can do. He helps you to do what you can do. So if you're in a battle and you can't, you can't, you can't defeat the enemy by yourself, then you ask for help. If there's a sickness or disease on your body and you can't get it off yourself, then you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. If something is coming against you and you can't figure it out for the sake of your life, you can't figure out what's going wrong, then you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I don't understand why these kids are acting like this. You can't understand how because you have a helper. And if the church really truly gets the revelation about the Holy Spirit, not only is he a helper, but he wants to help. He's been called to help. He's been sent to help you. And he's been sent to help you in any situation that you find yourself in, that you find yourself in, that you cannot get yourself out. And I'm here to tell you today that there's no pit that you can fall in, that the grace and the mercies of God are not deeper still. That no matter how many times you have fallen, if you call on Jesus for help, the Holy Spirit will kick in and do what Jesus has assigned him to do. Jesus said, I'm going away to my father, but I'm not going to leave you comfortless. You're not going to be in this thing by yourself. I'm going to give you some help. Is this helping anybody? So the Holy Spirit doesn't do it for you. He helps you to do it. Does that make sense? In other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell you to, to go on vacation and I got this. No, no, no. If we're going to go to battle, he's going to go with you. Are you listening to me? Wherever you go, he's going to go with you. So, so if you go on a vacation while you're in the midst of a battle, you force the Holy Spirit to go on vacation. When it's in his heart and his will to give you the victory in that battle. But if you won't fight, there's nothing he can do because he's been called to help you. And so if you don't have anything to do, then he doesn't have anything to apply his power to. So for the mere fact you need his help, that means you have to be doing something. And anytime you're doing something for God, you will be opposed. But opposition doesn't mean anything. Sometimes opposition is just a sign from God to let you know that you're on the right road. And when it looked like you're not going to win and the devil telling you you can't win, that's when you call on your helper, the Holy Ghost, and you rely on him and you trust him. And you, are you listening to me? And the Holy Ghost says, okay, you get on this side and I'll get on the other side. Now, what you fail to realize, it looks like, oh, where's, where's the whole, where's my helper? Where, where, where did he go? He's supposed to be in me. Okay. Oh, here, here he comes. The Holy Spirit, he's called the help. Now, it may look like in the natural sea, it looked like that I'm carrying just as much as the Holy Ghost is carrying. Are you listening to me? Where in reality, the Holy Ghost is really carrying it all. 
But I have to be engaged in it because faith without works is dead. You, you can set it down, Holy Spirit. Are, are you all listening to me? Don't get offended at that. Are, are you all listening to me? So, so when, when the Bible says call on the Holy Spirit to help, why does the Holy Spirit need my help? Because we know that the Holy Spirit can do it. Matter of fact, in the Holy Ghost, it's already done. But I have to get engaged because I have to release my faith. I have to, I have to grab a hold of this as a sign to God that I believe because of your involvement that this thing is going to move from there to here. Are you listening? And I'm not fooling myself to think that I'm caring as much as God. I know in reality, God is caring it all. But by an act of my faith, faith without works is dead. Faith is action. And because I believe God, I grab a hold. And I believe God is going to give me the victory with whatever I'm involved in. Do you see that? I said, do you see that? Now, let's look at this in Romans 8, verse 14. I'm almost finished. Romans 8, 14. The Holy Spirit is the Christian. The Holy Spirit is the believer's guide. We always get in trouble. Say that with me. We always get in trouble when we do not allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. Every time, I didn't say sometimes, every time I missed it, every time I got in trouble, when I reflect back on it, I can always bump into a spot where the Holy Spirit tried to get my attention. And I just overrode it or rationalized it away. And the Holy Spirit was telling me while I was trying to go that way that, that that's the wrong way to go. Don't, don't, get, don't get involved with that person. Don't, don't come in agreement with that. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't turn that way. Don't buy that. And every time I did not listen to that still small voice, that nudging, that unction from the Holy Spirit on the inside, every time I overrode it, I got in trouble. But because of God's grace and his mercy, that's the only reason we're still here. That's the only reason I'm preaching you tonight. I'm not standing here preaching you because, you know, I got it going on. I'm standing here ministering to you tonight because of God's grace and God's mercy. For all have sinned and come short of the thank God for his mercy and his grace. Thank God. I mean, I'm getting better and better every day, every week, but there's still some things that I need God's grace and I need his mercy. And I'm still after all these years, I'm using so much of God's grace and so much of God's mercy. I am surprised that there's any left for you to use. Mm-hmm. I'm by myself now. But thank God for his grace and his mercy. Amen. Are you in Romans chapter 8? Look at verse number 14. Romans 8. One of my favorite chapters. Romans chapter 8. Verse. Verse number 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. 
for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Wow. So good children obey their parents. Don't always understand it. There's some things my daddy did when he was raising me. Man, I, I certainly didn't understand it. And I, 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 I'm telling you, even today, I just don't believe even today that I needed all them spankings I got. But I thank God today. That chastisement kept me out of jail. That chastisement kept me out of trouble. That chastisement and, and, the, and the rules that he laid down gave me boundaries that when I wasn't around him and I was with the neighborhood and we were running to do something, uh, when we start to do certain things, I could feel my brakes coming on because I could, I could hear and I could sense and I, 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 I knew in my heart that, 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 that's, that, that that's, the, that's, the, that's the line that I'm not supposed to cross. And the other kids just kept on going and, and would do it. I would say, come on, Steve. I said, man, I'm not going. And the reason I wasn't going, I knew that's the boundary line that my daddy said don't cross. And, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. It is what it is. But I do understand why Satan fights overtime to try to remove fathers from the home. Because uh, your biological father should be the first expression of the spiritual father. We, are, we really are to know some things about our heavenly father. By observing our earthly father. We, we should discover that God is kind. Because our earthly father was kind. We should, we should understand that God has rules and regulations and boundaries. Because our earthly father laid down rules and boundaries. Amen, not to be mean or evil. But to keep us safe. And just like a natural father lays down rules and boundaries to keep a family safe, God the Father lays down boundaries to keep the family of God safe. Are you all with me here? I said, are you all with me here? So as many that are, are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. These are the sons of God. Say this with me. I am strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Say it again. I am strong. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am strong. And I'm strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Glory to God. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a ever-present source of power for you and I to walk in victory in every area of our lives. I'm going to say that again. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. He is a ever present. He is a ever present source of power. He is a ever present help. In the time of trouble. Are you listening to me? If you ever get in trouble. The Holy Spirit is forever present. He's there. If you would just only acknowledge him. And then ask him for help. He has been sanctioned by the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, to help you when you call for help. 
Jesus said, if you call, I will answer. And that answer comes through the power of the third person of the Godhead. Somebody say amen. Let's close now. First Corinthians chapter three. I hope you learned something tonight. I pray to God. It is my sincere goal tonight that after tonight you will begin to become uh, on purpose, uh, forcing yourself to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his ministry. That you will begin to acknowledge him throughout the day, just like you acknowledge other. Hey, George, how you doing? Get up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Start practicing acknowledging him. Just like you don't want to be ignored, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to be ignored either. Are you listening? Yeah, the Holy Spirit doesn't want to. He's there to help you. Acknowledge him. Acknowledge him. And there's nothing too big. There's no problem that's so insurmountable that the Holy Spirit cannot give you what you need and the power and the wherewithal to give you victory in that situation. Oh, if we'll just begin to acknowledge him more than what we've done in the past. First Corinthians chapter three, verse 16. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God, that it dwells in you? Do you not know that you are the temple of God? Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God, the power of God? The Holy Ghost of God, the third person of the Godhead, he dwells in you. He dwells in me. He dwells in the believer. And if we will only, listen, he's not there to make you feel good on a Sunday morning and run up and down the church. And that's all good that you may jerk in his name. That's all good. You may shout. That's all good. I just want you to know that he's there for more than to make you feel good or happy. He's there to to see to it that you overcome every situation. He's there to see to it that you you experience a breakthrough over every stronghold, over every bad habit. He's there to help you to get that load off of your shoulders. You don't have to act like that. You don't have to talk like that. You got a helper. I don't care what anybody in your family has done. I don't care what they say about your family. Uh, Listen to me. You can overcome bad habits with the help of the Holy Spirit. Is this good? Look look at at chapter 6, verse 19. Same book, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, the Holy Spirit? Who is in you, the Holy Spirit, who is in you. Notice it says Holy Spirit is all capitalized. Talking about the third person of the Godhead. That the Holy Spirit, that he is in you. That the Holy Spirit, that he is in you. That the Holy Spirit, that he is in you. Whom you have from God and you are not your own. Have you acknowledged tonight that the Holy Spirit is in us? He's in you. And notice what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say in verse chapter six, he says, don't you know that the Holy Ghost is in you? 
No, you're not looking for him. He's in here. No, he's not coming to help. He's right here ready to help. And he's, he's wanting us to acknowledge him and to release him by faith to help us. He can, oh, Jesus, he can help you raise your kids. He can help you love your wife. He can help you love your husband. He can help you get out of debt. He can help you purchase a house. He can help you get another job. He can help you to be on top and not beneath. He can help you to receive everything that the Father has made available through his son Jesus. Oh God, he's a helper. I said he's a helper. Let's close with 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I think this is what I want. Verse 16, and it says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple. You are the temple of a living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Listen to me. If you are a child of God, if you are a believer tonight, I want you to know that you are not alone. Every room you walk in in that house, there is somebody with you. And that person is not a it. He's a person. He has a personality. He can see. He can feel. You can grieve him. He's a person. He's the third person of the Godhead. And if you are a child of God, if you walk in the living room, he's in there. If you go in the bedroom, he's in there. When you get in the car in the morning and start it up and you look around and in the natural, it looks like you're the only one in the car. I'm here to tell you that the third person of the Godhead is in that car with you. Are you listening to me? And so I, my, my, my charge tonight, as we continue in this vein about the Holy Spirit, and who he is and his character and his nature and what all he can do and what we can do in him when we acknowledge him. It is my goal tonight to whet your appetite that you will, you will begin to acknowledge that wherever you go, you are not alone. To that single mother who you almost want to pull your hair out because it looked like you're raising the children by yourself. I want you to know that there is someone, if you are a child of God, there's someone who resides on the inside of you, God, who is ready to help you raise those children if you'll acknowledge him. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to do what you cannot do by yourself. And God has promised, he's put his blood on it, that the Holy Spirit will see you through. Can somebody say amen to this truth? So God doesn't live in a building made with hands. He lives in us. I want you to stand to your feet at home. Listen, 
just before we make this final confession, if you don't know Jesus tonight, you don't know this man personally from Galilee who over 2,000 years ago shed his blood on Golgotha's hill, poured out his blood on the mercy seat of God to atone for your sins and my sins. And all he asks is that we acknowledge him. The Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, that they would be saved. Listen, this power is available for you to help you to hit the bullseye every time. But the prerequisite is that you must receive Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, let's pray together. If you're a backslider, I want you to join in with this prayer so that God will know that you're coming back home. The Bible says that God is married to the backslider. Say this with me, Jesus. Come on, say this out loud. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you shed your blood over 2,000 years ago for my redemption, for my salvation. Today, right now, I receive Jesus, the Christ, the son of the living God. I declare that he is my savior and I make him Lord of my life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, amen. I believe according to the word of God that you're born again, that you're a child of God. I want to encourage you to continue to tune in with us every Wednesday and every Sunday. Uh, if you're not anywhere close around the Kansas City area or one of our branch churches, I want to encourage you to get into a good Bible preaching, teaching ministry so that you can grow in the things of Almighty God. And now I'm releasing my faith. Now that you're a child of God, I'm believing God according to Acts 2, 1 and 4, that God will fill you with the Holy Ghost and that you will speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gives utterance, that you'll know, you'll have evidence that that power is there to cause you to walk in victory. That power is there to make you a witness, bold as a lion. And I thank you, God, in advance for those who are yielding to this truth, that they will win uh, tens, hundreds, and thousands of souls all around the world. They'll be brought into the kingdom of God as a result of this message tonight. For that, God, I thank you and I praise you. Come on, put your hands together a little bit for every person who just gave their lives or rededicated their lives to God. And now that you're a child of God, now that you have rededicated yourself to God, let us say this together. I have the source of all power dwelling in me. Come on, say it again. I have right now the source of all power dwelling in me. I can rise above my physical limitations. I can rise. I will rise above my physical limitations through the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. Do you realize what you just confessed? You said that I have the source of all power, God's power dwelling on the inside of me. And then you said, I can. Then you changed and said, I will. Say it again. I will rise above my physical limitations through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Ghost. I am not alone. The Spirit of God dwells in me. He's my helper. He's my strengthener. He's my standby. He's the paraclete. And I acknowledge him 
And from this day forward, I will walk in victory in every area of my life. And I'll no longer allow myself to become discouraged or heavy hearted because I know the greater one is on the inside of me. Oh, praise his name. Hallelujah. Oh, praise his name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wow. What an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.